What's up, everyone? We're here for a Friday edition of Locked On Bucks. And uh, as you guys, as long-time listeners know, I like to have an all-Aussie podcast. So we've got an Australian with us today and an expert on the Chicago Bulls because uh, the Bucks and the Bulls are coming up here only the second time they've played this season. And we're going to figure out what's going on with this team. And we need to get inside uh, these rumors that I'm hearing of revenge from the Chicago Bulls on the Milwaukee Bucks. So we're going to get into that and much more. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me from Australia, all the way in Australia, my good friend, Mark Kay. Now, uh, Mark Kay, uh, you did say you, you don't want to have your uh, last name on here because it's a long Greek last name. So we should say we have a lot of Greek listeners, but uh, friend of our Greek listeners and Greek Bucks fans here. Mark K, what's going on, man? You cover the Bulls, by the way, and I don't really know where to say you cover the Bulls right now because you've got something <laughs> coming up. There is some announcement coming up. What should we know about where you work, what you do, and can you reveal anything right now? I, I unfortunately can't, mate. But uh, yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's interesting that you caught me right now. Like if, if we were doing this maybe 24 hours later or even 12 hours later, maybe it would be a different story. But uh yeah, formerly of Bulls HQ, that uh, Bulls podcast as part of the Blue Wide Network has since sort of concluded, but it's turning into something a little bit different, which will be a little bit clearer to to more Bulls people in particular in the next 12 or so hours. But um, yeah, we'll see what that holds. But nonetheless, yeah, as you mentioned, a, a Bulls fan from Australia covering this team to some degree um, and uh, interested to see how they, uh, they match up with the Bucks tomorrow. All right. Well, if you are watching on YouTube, you'll see the Twitter handle there at MK Hoops. So if you follow Mark, then you'll be able to keep track of what he's doing. And like we've said the whole time, uh, with the Bucks, obviously, again, looking at hopefully a, a long postseason run, they may cross paths with the Bulls. So it's a good idea to keep an eye on what, uh, I won't say our friends, but the, the people <laughs> down uh, south are doing there in Chicago. So as always, we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every weekday whether that's youtube or your audio platform we really appreciate that and we were as we're recording this the bulls have just had a loss mark 130 to 124 to the atlanta hawks now the atlanta hawks have been a little bit frisky particularly of late they have been uh, at least threatening to round into form a little bit but this is interesting because the bulls will be on a back-to-back now uh with this game for the bucks and this is a pretty challenging back-to-back you always want to get that first one uh, what happened down the stretch in this game? And we've seen it. Bucks fans have seen it, that the Hawks have, have done that to, to us in previous regular season games. Trey Young gets hot down the stretch. Uh, but what's up with the Bulls right now? Well, oh, this is the thing. Like, the Bulls have had the Hawks' number this season. Like, they've done, a you know, just a fantastic job of containing Trey Young and, and in doing so have contained the Hawks to some degree. But uh, tonight... You know, Trey got loose at the end there and the Bulls probably lost a game that they should have won and they really needed this game, to be honest with you, because the, you've, we've got the Bucks tomorrow. 
We've got the Sixers on Monday US time, I believe, and we just got done losing to the Heat earlier in the week. So we really needed this win just to stabilize things, but questionable decisions late, letting Trey get off at the end and uh, ultimately you know, lost lost a game that they should have won pretty much. So it's it's not it's not it's not good news for the Bulls because they are kind of finding themselves trending down the Eastern Conference standings. Like one, at one at one point we we're at number one in the East and you know we were waiting for or at least I was waiting for some maybe some of the teams behind them to come over and overtake these guys, uh, overtake the Bulls rather with Alonzo and Caruso being out for so much time here. But that hasn't necessarily happened until the last week or so when the schedule starts ramping up here. I believe the Bulls and the and the Bucks actually have the, the two toughest squid, uh, schedules remaining in the NBA at this point. And uh, I have more confidence in maybe the Bucks sort of managing that situation more so than the Bulls at the moment, given that the Bulls over the last 30-odd games have essentially been a 500 team. They have a, a negative net rating through that time. Um, so it, it's not been ideal over the last... Uh, a couple of months, we've uh, we've had DeMar DeRozan rescue us a number of times, which has made things look better than what they maybe should have been. But nonetheless, yeah, a bad loss to the Hawks tonight, and as you said, a back to back, a back to back against the Bucks tomorrow night, which um, should be a a testy game um, if I'm predicting anything, given how you know the last uh, the last game went. So the Bulls now 39 and 24, which means that uh, if the Bucks do win this game against Chicago, I believe by virtue of the tiebreaker, they will jump Chicago. Yeah. And yeah. and look, we've been talking about this a lot, and it's interesting to probably contrast where the two teams are at. Certainly from a Bucks point of view, we've uh, thrown around the idea that a really difficult schedule might be good for this team, which feels like it needs a bit of a kick up the ass to get things going a little yeah. bit. They've kind yeah. of just been stagnating for the entire season. Uh, maybe that's not the case for Chicago, who have had so many... Uh, serious injuries but on that note let's get the the paperwork out of the way uh do we know who is going to be playing is there any i know zach levine's been obviously laboring through these games and trying to yep. push through and trying to play do we expect he is going to play on the back-to-back uh given what he's carrying yeah uh, levine seems it's seemingly he, he's going to be playing but the messaging that we're getting is you know pre-all-star break he went and got it checked out got the knee got you know got a second opinion effectively um, it doesn't look like it requires any attention now. It, um, I'm assuming they're jabbing him up with a whole bunch of painkillers at this point to get through the season. He recently went, went on record saying that he's basically at 70 to 80% full health. He's probably not going to be at 100% the remainder of the way, um, but that isn't necessarily going to stop him from playing games. So Zach is going to be playing. He's clearly not himself at the moment. I, I, re- I referenced it before, but Caruso and Monzo aren't playing. Patrick Williams still isn't back with the team. Um, so yeah, there's, there's notable injuries for the Bulls and particularly for this matchup, it would be good to have some of these guys back, but nonetheless, yeah, Zach will be playing. Um, but as to what level he'll be playing at, he, he clearly hasn't been himself for a, for a few weeks and months here. So it's going to be interesting to see how the, the Bucks defense locks in on him tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I've watched every single Bulls game here over the last few weeks, but typically yeah. history would suggest that players that ha- are carrying a little bit of, of something, uh, maybe at tends to be felt on the defensive end more than anything. Now, Zach Levine's never been known as a as a lockdown defender, but I will say that he has been credited, particularly through the start of this season, following on from Tokyo as, as improved effort, an improved defender. Have you noticed on that side of the ball that perhaps uh, things aren't quite where they were previously? Yeah, look, it's, it's funny you say that. He has some questionable defensive rotations towards the back end of this Hawks game, and... I don't want to put it down to the injury because 
there was probably more, you know, decision-making issues more so than, you know, his knee hampering him and not enabling him to be in position to make the right read or whatever it may be. So I think defensively, probably his off-ball stuff has progressed a little bit, but I'm not willing to put that down to the injury itself. Um, I think more more so offensively is maybe where you're seeing the injury starting to hamper him a bit. He's probably forcing more jumpers, you know, settling for those mid-range twos rather than trying to, to get to the basket with that explosive burst that he that he does have. We haven't necessarily seen that at the same rate that we have previously. So I think it's probably more on the offensive side of the ball where you're noticing Zach's limitations from an injury perspective. perspective. But defensively, his on-ball stuff is pretty good, but it's, it's probably more so when he's sort of in the corner and um, off-ball and not necessarily paying, paying attention to where his man is and maybe ball-watching a bit where he's uh, sort of regressed a little bit this season. And the, the two guards, and you mentioned the defense, and clearly if you look at the numbers, they've dropped off a cliff since yeah, Paul and since huge. Caruso uh, have been out. Are they, I'm just going off the timelines that I thought I had in my head uh, that they mm. would be on track to play in March at some point. Is that uh, yeah, is yeah. that accurate? Yeah, that seemingly is the case. I mean, Caruso is probably going to be the first guy back, which will probably happen mid-March. Uh, Lonzo is a week behind at least, maybe more. We, we don't have as many updates about Lonzo as we do with Caruso. Uh, the, the updates around Caruso are seemingly coming in more frequently, whereas the Lonzo stuff, is he's doing some some basic running, some basic drill work, but isn't necessarily at the level that Caruso is at. Um, and given that one's a wrist injury and one's a knee injury, I'm just more confident that Caruso will be back sooner. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming Lonzo will probably be closer to late March. And, and then Patrick Williams, we have virtually no idea it could be mid-march it could be late march it could be the end of april or mid-april rather so who knows when patrick williams will be back but um yeah i think it's going to be caruso first lonzo then and then whatever happens with patrick williams all right we're going to dive into this bucks and bulls game in just a second but first i'll talk about our friends from bet online football's done but basketball is in full steam both uh college and pro hoops so you can get the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land five coaches. That's something you have been familiar with, Mark, over uh, recent seasons. But betonline.net <laughs> is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for the scores, podcasts, and news this season. Uh, it's not just basketball. They've got boxing, hockey, UFC, uh, as well as Vegas casino games, all kinds of stuff over there. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, I also have to let you guys know about the Locked On Now podcast. And uh, after a busy night of NBA like today, you finish listening to Locked On Bucks. Put on the Locked On Now podcast. You'll get little recaps from all our hosts across the network. I'll be on there if the Bucks play tomorrow. Next week, you'll be able to hear me uh, recapping a Bucks win or loss. And uh, so check out the Locked On Now podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, you've referenced the Bulls' recent struggles a little bit here, Mark. But as we look ahead to this game, against the Bucs. And Milwaukee just came through a game where some people would suggest, okay, well, the Bucs needed a win or they needed a, a big game win. They've been struggling for a while, as I sort of mentioned. The Bulls are a team that has had some disastrous performances against the best teams in the league. And oftentimes it's happened on national TV. I believe this is a national TV game Friday night. I think it's ESPN. Yeah, it's ESPN, yeah. What do you put that down to? Is that Do you put that down to the personnel, to the injuries? Do you think that this team is going to have issues projecting ahead against the best teams in the league? How do you view those types of performances that they've had? 
Yeah, look, I think the truth is in the middle of it, to be honest with you. There's there's certain talking heads or certain people that are pushing just the the context or, or ignoring the context of the situation and just maybe quoting the team's record against these, you know, better teams, let's say, depending on what, you know, line you want to cast it off as, whether it's the top three teams in the East, the, the playoff teams in the East, whatever the arbitrary line is, like... The Bulls' record against those teams isn't very good. I think there's justifiable, justifiable reasons for some of those games. Um, like the last time the Bulls played the box, I mean, we were missing half, their, half of our roster at that point. And, and again, we know what happened to Caruso in that game. But there, there has been some games where they have been whole or close to whole and they have been demolished by some of these better teams as well. So it's kind of a bit of both. Uh, it's really hard to judge as to what what, what they ultimately will be. But I, I guess I, the thing I keep coming back to is they just don't have... You know, they don't have a Giannis, they don't have an Embiid, and they don't have a Jokic-type player. So, to me, at least, their margin for error is maybe thinner than a team like the Bucks. So, things need to go right for the Bulls to really compete for these teams and against these teams, rather. And the seemingly the, the moment something doesn't go right or something is slightly off, then they've capitulated maybe a little bit too easily, uh, particularly against the games against the Warriors, where they just got absolutely demolished. demolished. They were destroyed by the Nets in one of those games. Uh, the Heat killed them the other night. So... There has been games where it's been worrying, but then there also has been games where it's been justifiable. Uh, like the loss to the Bucks, for example. Like that, that's an 0-1 record against the Bucks, but I thought the Bulls played a pretty valiant game in that one where they only just narrowly lost to the Bucks. So I'm hoping they play like that this time around, but time will tell, I suppose. Can we just say as well, by my memory, maybe there was another game, but the poor old Chicago Bulls might be one of the only teams that copped a smiling happy Brooklyn big three this year uh, that all played together, absolutely obliterated the Bulls, the sports center, whatever you want to talk, uh, any national shows the day after where the Nets are back, this trio (laughs) is going to win the title. So look, some of it's bad timing. That was pretty unfortunate for, uh, for your team over there. Yeah, it was. And look, irrespective of that, the Bulls are two and one against the Nets. But given that the Nets are like the eighth seed at the moment, no one really <laughs> factors them into the calculation of the Bulls, you know, record against some of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. But um, they have fared pretty well against the, the Nets so far, apart from that one game that you're referencing. And and in that one game, yeah, they, they got absolutely de- demolished by the uh, the Nets pick three. But um, I mean, it's not something we have to worry about at this point, given the, uh, the changes in the Eastern Conference. But um yeah, it has been a tale of two stories, I suppose. Some of it is the injuries, but uh, some of it's just not necessarily turning up when it matters. So, DeMar DeRozan, I tweeted about this last week. Uh, you commented on your, your Bulls, your, your friend that covers the Bulls. And I don't know whether your friends or what actually the scenario is. But your, your mortal enemy that also covers the Bulls, uh, always getting into it on, on Twitter. And uh, he brought you into the conversation. I don't think I think he was misrepresenting yourself and me. What my, my main point of this tweet was, but I tweeted the, uh, basically that I've I've been resistant to the idea of Demar Derozan being an MVP. And I said, look, probably unfairly, but you said it no. yourself when you say that uh, the Bulls don't have a Giannis or they don't. I mean, I think at this point, for how long Demar Derozan has been in the NBA, it is difficult to imagine Demar Derozan being the guy that carries a team to an NBA championship. It's just a hard thought to wrap your head around. But yeah. what he has been doing over these last, and for the whole season, but in particular the last few weeks here, with all the injuries that the Bulls have had, with Zach Levine out of the team, the, the other perimeter guards that we've already discussed, mm. I've just been watching the end of these games in particular and just thinking, well, 
I don't know why he shouldn't be in the conversation at this point if the Bulls can stay there. Now, as we've said, they've lost a few games here. We'll see what comes over the next few weeks, and that could potentially change. But certainly, as of last week, I was saying, well, I can't ignore this anymore. How can I ignore what this man is doing on this team? Uh, What's it been like uh, watching DeMar DeRozan this year? Because I would have to guess that even in your best projections, he's gone above and beyond. Oh. Uh, unquestionably. I mean, some of the numbers that he's putting up, I mean, the one that gets doing the rounds at the moment is like, well, it's, it's, it's since since ended now, but like the number of games where he had, you know, more than 35 points with greater than 50% shooting or whatever it was, like he broke that record there, which Wilt ha- Chamberlain held for, for years, I suppose. So, I mean, DeMar has done some historic things, the way he sort of put his, the, the team on his back, the way he scored the ball, particularly in the fourth quarter. It's just been insane. I keep waiting for it to drop off some because it just feels unsustainable. Like he's been basically averaging 28, 5 and 5. To do that in your, your age 32 season, to, he's never really had a season like this before. So it's it's come completely out of nowhere in, in some respects. And because... So much history is against him from this perspective. I, I keep waiting for it to drop off a little bit, and maybe it's starting to happen because he hasn't happened. He hasn't had like two very good games now. Like the last couple of games have been a little rough, but nonetheless, you know what Demar has done. Uh, I hate to think what the Bulls' record would be without Demar Derozan. I, I don't even know if they would be five hundred. To be honest with you, the, the number of times he saved them in you know in the clutch, I, I can easily point to maybe you know eight to ten games where had Demar not made some series of you know, huge baskets, those, you know, tight games could have easily been owls. And, and that's even against some inferior teams. So he has saved them a lot. And particularly over since the start of the 2022, uh, you know, the balls are in three at the moment, potentially four tomorrow, depending on what, what the result is. But like they could have been in the playing situation right now, or maybe even worse had DeMar DeRozan, uh, DeMar DeRozan not been as amazing as he has been. So yeah, it's been surreal to be honest with you. I have no real words to even explain it anymore. Um, but I'm just, I'm hoping and praying it, it maintains, but like, there's a part of me that's just waiting for it to fall off to a more normal level, let's say, but I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Well, 22 points on 20 shots tonight against Atlanta. So that's just absolutely pathetic by DeMar DeRozan <laughs> standards, but I should say, and Bucks fans know this goes right back to Toronto days. Uh, DeMar DeRozan may be, and our listeners can let us know in the YouTube comments and Twitter, DeMar DeRozan may be the ultimate buck killer. This guy has just torched the Bucks for years and years and years. And I think he had a big game in that game earlier uh, against uh, the Bucks when, uh, in Milwaukee as well. So, I mean, no one's going to be ruling out DeMar DeRozan dropping 40 tomorrow night and coming straight back to form because that's what he's done uh, every game against the Bucks. it feels like, over the years. Uh, I have further questions. And maybe you have questions about the Bucks as well. But we're going to get to that after we talk about our friends at Built Bar I don't know if you've heard about Built Bar, Mark, but this is the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. And uh, I've been saying that sometimes people get into their New Year's resolutions, and we're in March now. People are done with it. They're over it. But if it's a dietary New Year's resolution, I have to recommend sticking with Built Bar because uh, they are covered in 100% chocolate and somehow still healthy for you. The bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. All this is this is about half of a la candy bars that you guys and girls might be eating out there. So, you know, I've told you about the flavors. Mint, brownie, coconut. Uh, this month, there's white chocolate, cookies, and cream as well. So, just, all you have to do is go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com.
All right, this is the standard question, Mark, when it comes to teams that uh, potentially could face the Bucks. And, of course, we're looking forward to this game tomorrow in Chicago, but we're, we're looking big picture here. When we're at the top of the East, we're looking big picture. The idea of trying to defend Giannis for seven games, because I think that this is the big question, and this is why when I looked at the Bulls all season long, I said, geez, they're a really difficult team. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan, we've already spoken about his credentials, particularly against the Bucks. But it's just hard for me, and anything can happen, but it's hard for me to imagine a series against the Chicago Bulls where Giannis wouldn't average 35, 18, and 8 <laughs> and just completely destroy the Bulls. Because I, I just don't see yeah. who on this roster is going to remotely stand a chance in the physicality stakes, everything else that he can do. Completely agree. That's my big worry. Um, I, I keep... I mean, my, my default position all season has been the Bucs are going to win the Eastern Conference because, you know, why the hell not? They, they deserve that respect. And Giannis is just, he may be the best player in basketball. And, he, and if he's not, he's one of the best three. Um, and, and to your point, like, we just have zero answers for, for Giannis, particularly when he's at center. Like, Vooch can't hang with Giannis if Giannis is at center. If Giannis is playing power forward, even like the Bulls don't have a, a, a number of great power forward options at the moment. And like most of the guys they're running through there are like six foot four, six foot five. I mean, I love Javante Green. I love what Derek Jones Jr. has brought the t- to the team this season, but those dudes aren't doing anything against Giannis. Uh, I guess that what we'll see tomorrow may be a little bit a little bit different than last time, where the Bulls were starting Tyler Cook, who you know their two way mm. guy against against the Bucks against Giannis. Like that may not well. It, it certainly won't be Tyler Cook tomorrow, but maybe it'll be uh, Tristan Thompson, who's been a, a recent addition to the team. Uh, we saw Billy Donovan sort of mixing and matching his rotations tonight against the Hawks, where he actually played Vooch and uh, Tristan Thompson together, um, which was interesting. I guess it mixed results on that one, but I- I'm tipping he he tried it against the Hawks tonight to get a bit of a look at a look uh, a look of that now to understand how maybe that applies against the Bucks tomorrow night. So uh, I'm tipping. You know, whether he starts or not, we're going to see Tristan Thompson getting matched up against, uh, you know, Giannis at some point. But to your point, like, the, the Bulls just have no answer for Giannis. Uh, I, I'm still concerned about about the Bucs. I still think they could win the Eastern Conference. Um, and, and maybe I can ask you these questions a little bit later on because I'm still trying to work out what, what's going on with the, the Bucs because I, I assumed at this point that they would have taken over the East, but they... They, they're one of those teams that haven't seemingly overtaken the Bulls just yet, which I'm, is a bit surprising to me, but maybe they will tomorrow. But to your point, there's no answer for Giannis. The Bulls, hopefully, you know, Giannis will do Giannis things, but hopefully we can take out the rest of the other dudes and, and maybe, you know, we make a game of it that way. Well, I assume that the addition of Tristan Thompson was uh, obviously support now, but looking towards a bigger picture as well. And it's not just the Bucks. If you have Philadelphia, you're dealing with Joel Embiid. If you do get a matchup with the Cavs in the first round, which is very, very possible, you're dealing with a big team as well. So uh, there's a number of teams in the East that you're going to have to be dealing with size issues if you're a, a smaller team. So even though, you know, personally, I, I don't think that Tristan Thompson is, is moving any type of needle at this point in his career, I can understand why these teams are trying to load up with these backup bigs. They got six fouls, whatever. They're, they're a big body. They'll be physical. That hasn't really proven to stop someone like Joel Embiid or Giannis at this point, but yeah. uh, but we'll see how that plays out. So as, as far as the Bucs, and, and you point to this, and this will be this will be a challenge. The Bucs have had games where they've they've looked like maybe they're turning the corner, particularly defensively, and then they'll have a letdown. And that's why I don't mm. think this game and then leading into a game against the Phoenix, it feels like all these teams at, at the top of the East have a gauntlet schedule right now and they're playing all the contenders or playing each other. 
Uh, but that's why we looked at this stretch as potentially a, a run where the Bucks can start to figure it out. And they've, been, they've discussed wanting to lock in. They understand there's 19 games to go to the postseason. But ultimately, defensively, I just don't believe that anyone that maybe doesn't watch this team every day uh, understands how big of a loss Brook Lopez has been for this team defensively. Bobby Portis has been incredible. He's having an incredible season, but he's just not Brook Lopez on the defensive end. Yeah. No, look, it's funny. I was thinking about this as well, like, you know, in, in the lead up to this conversation, like missing Brook Lopez for the net, uh, sorry, for the Bucks has been similar to the Bulls, maybe losing, you know, a Caruso or Alonso in the sense that you don't think of these guys as your top line guys, but right. despite them being, you know, fourth or fifth options on offense or, you know, your fourth or fifth most important guy when comparing, you know, their all-star status or whatever it may be, like they, in terms of their importance on on the structure of the team, like, yeah, I think Lopez missing has been huge for for the Bucks, and I'm assuming that's why you guys went after Barker at the deadline. And and if, you know, to relate it back to the Bulls, like it's just I don't know, maybe just people don't think about role guys being so important to 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 their team to the point where they're almost you know, their value is of, of an importance of a star guy. So yeah, losing Lopez Lopez hurts particularly uh, against the the Sixers. I would imagine for you guys, but I, I keep waiting for you guys to to turn it on defensively. Like it's, you seemingly still should have enough personnel to get it done there. And I know you're missing other guys as well, but um, yeah, I, I don't think the, uh, I don't think the Bulls are going to pose too much of a threat tomorrow, let's say based on how they've been playing and as well, it's a back-to-back situation. So I'm assuming you guys should be uh, the points favorite there. All right. Let's, let's not um, completely avoid uh, the big topic coming in. So this game's in Chicago. I, I'm taking a guess that, that Grayson Allen might be the most popular man in Chicago <laughs> tomorrow. This game honestly was quite a while ago, and and yeah. I, I mean I don't watch it. Like I said, I'm not covering the Bulls, so I haven't had to think about Alex Caruso too much over the course of the last six weeks. Despite recognizing what a loss that is for the Bulls, do you think that too much time has passed here for anyone to really, really care about this? Are you expecting the Bulls are going to go out there and someone is going to clothesline Grayson Allen and take him out of the season? Well, see, the, the, certainly the fan base are expecting some sort of retaliation of sorts. I can, I can assure you of that, and particularly with this being in Chicago. It, it's funny, like coming back to Tristan Thompson, um, he was, you know, voicing after the game today against the Hawks about how, uh, you know, he may be a bit of a goon tomorrow. So let, let's see how that materializes. But I think if Tristan Thompson wasn't on the team, then probably nothing happens, to be honest with you. Like we saw nothing happen on, on the night that, you know, the Caruso, uh, Grayson Allen thing happened. Like, if any point you would expect a ret- retaliation, it would be would have been then when emotions are running high. But to, to do it like six six weeks later, two months later, maybe some dudes won't be thinking about it. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I think the infusion of Tristan Thompson maybe you know gives it some chance that things get a little bit uh, spicy at some point. But for me, at least, like you know, if they want to throw a hard foul Grayson Allen's way, then fine. But it, it almost feels hollow if you go after Grayson Allen, uh, Grayson Allen like two months after the fact rather than, you know, sticking up for Caruso on the night of the incident. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm sure um, in the mon- minority in that sense, I think most most fans will be up, will be out for blood and, and maybe Tristan Thompson will be out for, for some blood too, which is ironic given he wasn't part of the team at that time. But uh, based on what he said post-game, um, it sounds like he may be the one that... Uh, tries to enforce, uh, <laughs> tries, to, tries to be the enforcer, let's say. But you weren't around. You weren't around. I know you're trying to impress your new friends, <laughs> but there's 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 no need. There's no need for that type of behavior. But anyway, we'll see what happens there. Last one I've got for you. Uh, 
uh, would be, again, we've spoken a lot about the big picture stuff and the postseason. So uh, uh, naturally, I think most teams and uh, around this, uh, this area are looking at the standings and it's hard to predict where the seedings are going to lie. Is there a first round matchup that you actually look at for the Bulls and say, if I could choose, I think I feel most comfortable about this one because it's looking like it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, look, I'm tracking this on a night-to-night basis at this point. Like, I, that's all I really care about at the moment. Like, if we could just sim towards the end and understand what the results are, that, that would be good. But, like, it, it basically every night in the Eastern Conference net right now, given how tight it is, the standings are seemingly going to change every night. And for me, like, I, I fear the, I, I still fear the Bucks because of the Giannis issue, which we talked about before. The Bulls just have never, well, factually have never beaten Joel Embiid through his career at this point. I think they're 0-10. So I'm very wow. scared of the Sixers. And, and that was prior to the James Harden trade. Like they're, they're all in three against the Sixers this season. Um, they have no option in, you know, guarding Giannis, let alone Embiid. Um, and now when you introduce Harding into that pick and roll combination, like that scares me a lot. So I'm kind of hopeful that the Bucks and Sixers take each other out. That would be ideal. It would be nice to match up against the, the, the Cavs in the first round, but the Cavs are seemingly faltering at this point where I don't even know if they'll be in the, the playoffs. They may be in the playing situation. So of the teams that are sort of in that, you know, one to six situation, I guess, I guess you'd want to pick the, 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 the Celtics, but I mean, Boston have been damn good since the turn of the year as well. So I don't, I don't really think there is a good option for the Bulls at this point. Like the best option is the Cavs and maybe that's a four or five matchup, hopefully, but I don't have, you know, I don't have much faith in the Cavs remaining in the four or the five seat at this point, but the Bulls have just been just, you know, have had no, no answer to the Bucks so far. They've had no answer to the Sixers and the Heat as well. So those three teams are seemingly better than the Bulls at this point. Um, I'm still, I'm, I'm worried about how the Celtics match up against the Bulls, but I guess if I had to pick one, it would be Boston or Cleveland. Yeah, it's looking absolutely ridiculous, which if you're into betting, uh, that's going to make, be making your life pretty difficult as well. But you can check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and the handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. They got you covered for all those uh, types of things over there. But that, let's wrap this up, Mark. I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, Saturday afternoon for us. We'll be, we'll be chilling over <laughs> here in Australia. I think it's going to be yeah. very, very wet. So we'll probably be inside. Uh, watching the basketball, which is great. It's a perfect time for tip-off. 12 p.m., I think, for us. 7 p.m. Central Time, I believe. I, th- I think it's tip- half an hour earlier, mate, if I'm not mistaken. 6.30 Central Time. That's why we got uh, That's why we got the uh, an Australian expert on the, on the podcast <laughs> here today. And you're right, 6.30 p.m. Central Time there Friday night for this game. And, yeah, I think it's an ESPN game. So, you know, yeah. who knows where people can find the game these days. I'll be watching on League Pass. So, that's going to do me. Mark, this was a pleasure. We spoke about this. Months ago, getting you on the podcast, and we just had to wait a hell of a long time for these two teams to play. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to this game. Should be fun. Yeah, it's been odd, mate. Like we've only played once so far, and I think we're going to play three more times, including tomorrow over the next you know few weeks. So it's odd how the schedule has panned out, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting nonetheless. Hopefully, it's a close one like last time. We'll see what happens with Grayson Allen and maybe Tristan Thompson or whatever. But uh, I'm just hoping for a good game. I'm expecting a loss at this point, but maybe the Bulls surprise me. And um, look, uh, I'll definitely take that at this point. But uh, I appreciate you having me on, mate. Um, always fun talking, you know, NBA basketball with a, a fellow Australian, as I'm sure is the case with you, and certainly has been the case for me. You, you get used to podcasting and talking to uh, people from abroad, but um, any opportunity to talk to a fellow Aussie about uh, basketball is uh, is a welcome one. So uh, thank you for having me on. 
I remember the first time I took over this podcast. So we're going back about three years ago now. And uh, after the first couple of podcasts, I had Lee Alice, who's a, a, oh, yeah. a lot of basketball fans will know from the starters, no dunks. And someone DM'd me after that and said, you can never have another Australian on the podcast because I can't understand <laughs> a word you guys are saying. Now, it's been three yeah. years. Hopefully, people have gotten used to me. Hopefully, people understood what we were talking about today. But if they didn't, it doesn't matter. We appreciate them watching anyway. So we'll wrap it up there. Like I said, Mark covers the Bulls. Make sure you check out his Twitter at MK Hoops because he's got some news coming up. I don't even know what the news is. I'm looking forward to finding out what it is. So go check it out there and uh, follow along with him with this game tomorrow night as well. And uh, we will be back next week. There won't be a post-game pod. Weekends are, weekends are difficult. Post-season, we'll, we'll turn some stuff around, but not during the regular season. So we'll be back on Monday. We can wrap up this game. The Bucs also have the Suns. We'll be talking about that game as well. So a couple of big games for the Bucs. But until then, take it easy. Catch you guys next week.